Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 24 of Revelation chapter 6. And we're going to be reading from verses 12 and 13. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Now, as we've been looking at these verses over the last several studies, we have identified the spiritual meaning as as the Bible has given us the definition for the sun, which is a type of God, and the moon, which is a figure of the law of God, his word, the Bible. And now we've come to the stars of heaven. What do the stars of heaven represent? Well, first of all, uh, we should um, note that uh, if we're reading of a star, singular, that that star very well could represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is called the star that comes out of Jacob in Numbers 24, verse 17. And remember the wise men who followed his star in the east, and and they followed that star until it stood right over the house where the young child was, where Christ was. And they rejoiced when they saw the star, because that star is a figure and type of Christ himself. And in Revelation 22.16, God refers to the Lord Jesus as the bright and morning star. This um, this means if we see a star singular, we, we need to think first, is this referring to Christ? But this isn't a singular star. It, it says stars, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. And, and now we want to find, well, what could be in view by stars, plural. If there are a lot of stars, what might they represent? And and so as we go to the Bible, uh, we, we really don't have to search too long or look too hard before uh, we begin to see how God references the stars of the heavens or, or how he uses them as a type and a figure and what they represent. In Genesis chapter 15, it says in verse 2, And Abram said, Lord Jehovah, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of Jehovah came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Now, Here God is uh, giving Abram a a wonderful and beautiful promise. He's concerned 
that he has no heir, not not even one. And God, who uh, is capable, as the Bible tells us, of doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think, has Abram go out to the night sky and and look up. Tell the stars, and the word tell means count the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And how many stars are there in the sky? Well, there are so many stars, they are so numerous, that even today, with all of our technology, and with all of our latest ability to look deeper and deeper into the heavens, into space, into this universe, we cannot number the stars. They are so plentiful, so numerous. There are just too many stars for us to think that we can know how many there are. And and God is saying to Abram, and remember, he will change Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. And at this point, it's just Abram. And the Lord is telling him, look up to the the heavens and number the stars if you be able to number them and he said unto him so shall thy seed be now there's something curious about that statement because the word seed is singular and and god um, makes a point of spelling that out in galatians chapter 3 in verse 16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. That, that can be a little confusing. Here God is letting it be known that the word was not plural, not as to many, but as to one, to Christ. He is the seed of Abram or Abraham. And yet God, in telling him, so shall thy seed be, also indicated it would be a great multitude that could not be numbered. And how how can we make sense of that? Well, it's understandable once we read a little further along in Galatians chapter 3. And It says in verse 29, the last verse of chapter 3, And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So the promise of the seed, singular, contains within it all of those that are his, all that he will save, all of the elect children of God are in Christ, they're in that seed, and they become the seed of Abraham. They become, therefore, according to Genesis 15, tell the stars, so shall thy seed be. They become typified by the stars of heaven. God is assigning a spiritual meaning to the stars, and that is that they represent the seed. 
of Abram, the, the promised descendants of the father of many nations, of the one uh, who God gave this promise to at first. But of course, the Lord also um, reiterated it. Uh, let's see, in Genesis chapter 22, in Genesis 22, beginning in verse 15, And the angel of Jehovah called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith Jehovah, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withhold thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And and he's referring to the fact that Abraham offered up his son Isaac in, in that great figure of God the Father offering up his son, the Lord Jesus, and and so as a result of Abraham obeying God's voice, there will come blessing upon the seed. And, of course, the Lord is, is just using that as an example that because of God's sacrifice of his son, the seed will be blessed and and be a blessing to all the nations. In Genesis 26... In verses 3 and 4, it is Isaac who is here being spoken of. And it says in Genesis 26, verse 3, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee, and unto thy seed, I will give all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And God is reiterating the promise given uh, to Isaac's father, and uh, he is reiterating the promise to us, to his people, down through the centuries, that they will multiply. God will save a people for himself. There, There will be... Um, a chosen nation, the spiritual Israel that will come forth from Abraham, from Isaac, and from Jacob. God has um, certainly shown us already in these early verses in the book of Genesis that the seed and the stars of heaven are joined together in a spiritual way. God is is linking them together and therefore linking the stars with the body of believers. He he also links the stars with believers in Genesis chapter 37, which is a chapter that in verse 2 tells us these are the generations of Jacob and we would expect some sort of genealogy, but God uh, gives a historical um outline or summation of what took place, certain key events in, in the life of Jacob and Joseph, and especially in relationship to an awful famine that occurred for seven years, 
that famine followed uh, seven years of plenty, and we we understand why it's referring to the generations of Jacob, because Jacob is a picture of the elect. It, it's describing the generations of the chosen people of God in a spiritual way. And in Genesis 37, Joseph, who is given dreams by God, had another dream. In verse 9, And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And, and obeisance means they bowed down. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. And in this dream, Jacob is uh, likened to the sun, and Joseph's mother to the moon, and his eleven brethren to the stars. And again, that is helping us to identify the stars and who they represent. We already know that they're tied with the seed of Abraham. And now it is Joseph's brethren. And Joseph is a type of Christ. And remember what Jesus said in the New Testament when he was told his mother and brethren stand without. And he said, who is my mother and father and, and, and brother and sister? Or who, who, in other words, is my brethren? But they that hear the word of God and do it. That Christ is our brother, as well as our Savior, and and as as well as our spiritual husband, and we are His bride. But another figure God uses is that He is our brother, and and here, uh, as the eleven stars bow down to their brother Joseph, it is a figure of God's people that will. Uh, bow the knee that will be humbled by God and brought to uh, a place of submission in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, um, let's let's uh, look at some more verses in Exodus 32. Exodus chapter 32. It says in verse 13. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and sayest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. Notice that uh, Israel, or Jacob, is included in this statement. So God also gave this same promise to him. Uh, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And that is a, a reference to the promised land. Back in Genesis chapter 17, God gave Abraham the promise of uh, the land of Canaan for an eternal habitation. And of course, uh, since Canaan, which Israel dwelt in the land of Canaan, and, and Canaan became Israel, uh, since that is part of this earth, and this earth will be one day burned up and destroyed, this earth will not continue eternally. 
we know that God is using the land as a figure of a new heaven and new earth. And and so when he says, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And, and God uh, has done... Uh, a portion of this, he has saved the seed of Abraham now at this time. He has saved a great multitude which came out of great tribulation. All whose names were recorded in the Lamb's book of life have been found. The gospel has found them. God has used his word to create a new heart within them. And and therefore, that is a, a big part of the promise that God made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob that he would make their seed singular but in Christ who the seed originally refers to would be this great multitude of sinners that would have their sins forgiven pardoned because Christ paid the penalty and uh, took their sins upon himself. And so the only thing remaining is to give the land, the kingdom of God, the new heaven and new earth, to this seed, to spiritual Israel, to all whose names were recorded in the Lamb's book of life. And, you know, God uh, uses this language in Genesis and now in Exodus of um, just a great multitude, or I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and and you're not able to count them. And he tells us the the same thing concerning that great multitude that he saved um, and brought out of great tribulation in in Revelation chapter seven, in verse nine. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four living creatures, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. This is the fulfillment, it is the completion of the promise given long ago, thousands of years ago, to those ancient men of God, 
to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob concerning their seed. And God um, let these things play out over the course of history. At generation after generation, he sent forth his word, which accomplished the purpose that he had sent it forth to do, to find the lost house of Israel, the lost sheep, and to bring them into the fold. And God did so over uh, the days of the Old Testament. Of course, not too many. Then he saved um, the first fruits during the church age. And then finally, he saved the great multitude. As we read in Ezekiel 37, that uh, when Ezekiel was commanded to prophesy to the valley of dry bones, prophesy, and and then the bones came together bone to his bone, and they stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. And then God says, these bones are the whole house of Israel. So the great multitude, as God saved the best for last, and and had the greater number uh, of those to be saved born at a time when the world's population uh, exploded to to over seven billion, and and God saved the great multitude during the little season of great tribulation, and in doing so, He completed. His salvation program, and now all the stars of heaven are shining, uh, in a sense. All the the um, types and figures of God's elect have been found. In a way, we could say, when someone becomes saved, they begin to shine. They begin uh, to carry forth the word of God and to be a light in a dark place that this world is. And, and so they, they shine in the world. They're a light by night. But we're constantly reading in Matthew 24 and in Revelation chapter 6 that the stars are falling from heaven. And, and then God gives us that interesting language of that there even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Well, we don't want to get into that right now. We don't have time during this study to discuss what that uh, may mean. But we're just here showing how the Bible uh, is clearly putting forth this uh, picture that the stars represent the true believers and there's there's a couple of verses where individuals that are not true believers um, are also uh, described with the language of stars, but they're they're very rare. For instance, in Jude 13, God speaks of wandering stars, and in reference to false prophets, and uh, He helps us with the word wandering. There are stars that are off course. They're uh, they're going their own way, astray. And and so we know right away, well, these wandering stars aren't true believers. But for the most part, stars, again and again, um, can be shown to typify God's elect. In Psalm 147, he says in verse 4, He telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their names. 
That is, he, God, counteth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Now, uh, you know, sometimes when when we we look at some uh, scripture, we find that that uh, God refers to two hundred million, for instance, and and that's a, a good possibility that that is the sum total of all that God intends to save out of this world. That is that is the number of all his elect. And and then um, others respond and say, oh, you can't know. No man can number that great multitude. Well, that's true. We can't number them. But God can. God knows the number of the stars. We don't know the number of the stars. And he telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. God knows the complete number of the billions of stars, whatever that final tally is, and and there is uh, an end to the stars. Uh, there is a, a final number that that it could be said. Well, there is uh, one trillion two hundred billion stars, whatever that number is. I just made that up, but whatever the number is, God knows it. Likewise, He knows each and every one of His elect, and we don't know. We have no way of knowing uh, who they are or, or how many. But if God uh, determines to reveal that number, and how would he do it? But, but through a verse, through a passage, through a place in the scripture, then, uh, then we can know it because we're not the ones that have done the counting. As the church has counted their membership, no, it, it it's not like that. If we we find a number in the Bible, we just have to be sure that this is the number that God is giving us. And and right now there is a little question about that, but it's very possible two hundred million could be the number of all those that God uh, intended to save. Let's go to one last verse in Daniel chapter twelve and. It says in verse 1 of Daniel 12, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that, to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And that's the uh, glorious language of the Bible, as uh, only God can write this way, only God can give so many types and figures and pictures and and this representing that and and keep it all straight and and keep such um, tremendous harmony with all else of the Bible. Only God can um, have this sort of identification for the sun and the moon and the stars and and then as we read these things and we read. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light 
and the stars shall fall from heaven. Well, it just adds tremendous meaning. It is so far surpassing the natural um, thought that, oh, when I look up into the heavens, these lights are out and, and stars are falling. Uh, no, it's far, far deeper than that. Far more uh, information is given to us once we understand the deeper spiritual meaning of these things, just as it is with all the Bible. Once we dig deeper into the Word of God, we, we're always amazed at what we find.